0: Want to deal with the best people. We don't want to deal with kind of personality conflicts or or any any issues that would would be prohibitive to one of our core values of excellence. Like we want we want to make sure that because we're offering sales as a service, we want to make sure that we're offering the best service. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is building great sales teams. Good day.
1: What's up, Killer? How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. I um, I saw I read your I read your note about the housekeeping, um, and my apartment's Wi-Fi was out this morning. Just kind of reality of living in Colombia, <laughs> <And> so <laughs> um, I didn't want to cancel on you because I respect your time, and so I wanted to respect the time slot. But if you're okay to reschedule. I can do this with better sound quality um, in about I don't know, so give it about two weeks. That's just generally the turnaround time here,
1: yeah, no, it's oh, to get your internet fixed, it's two weeks. It's it, usually, yeah, I mean, usually you don't have Bro. a problem with
0: it, but if it's if there Crazy. is, yeah, if there is a problem, then it needs to it takes a little uh, takes a little while
1: now, there's it, a little there's a little distortion. I can hear it, but, um, I've had way worse. So we're going to continue on brother. (laughs) Okay. Fair. Fair enough. Sounds good. Now, as long as, uh, you know, obviously we could, uh, articulate what you're saying. We're good to go. Perfect. Um, that's more just if it's a controllable, then, you know, obviously we want the best quality we can get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I can appreciate that. And I saw on the I saw in the housekeeping i I knew like fuck, like, okay, like I'm gonna need to tell Doug, like just be (laughs) manage expectations.
1: It's all good. I've had I've had someone do one in while they were driving before. So actually I've done one while driving before because uh we realized, hey, we don't have an episode for tomorrow. And so we did it on the way home from Corpus, Uh, one of my offices there I was visiting. Just on the way back, we threw up a mic and chopped it up for an oh, hour. Wow. <laughs> Turns out That's I got a lot of shit to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, I, so, I mean, you've been in sales for what now? Like, what's going on? You, I think you're like what, like mid, mid, late thirties? Is that right?
1: Yeah, late thirties, thirty six. Yeah,
0: 36 yeah somebody somebody
1: informed me of that about a year ago they're like you're in your late 30s now and i'm like no it's still mid 30s 34 (laughs) 35 36 that's mid 30s that's funny excuse me excuse me (laughs) (laughs) cool all right brother Um, if you're ready we'll get rolling here yeah let's do it yeah the video is great um the video quality is great it just may be maybe your your mic or something i'm not sure but uh i think it'll come out fine we'll have a good show
0: sounds good yeah i'm
1: just at uh i'm just at a co-working space here and uh it's funny because like
0: i'm always like either just sometimes have to hold account staff accountable or or i've been i've been here for probably about a year and a half just like crushing contracts crushing deals like on the phone just yelling at people (laughs) so nice oh yeah this this co-working space is uh yeah, it's uh, it's really cool actually. It overlooks it's overlooks the It's nice.
1: City. Yeah, I mean, I saw the background when you popped up, and I was like, "Shit, is that his office? Wow!" <laughs> it looks super nice. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I, I, this is just my backup for when the internet poops out. It's my insurance
1: policy. Yeah, for sure, brother. All right, well, we'll get rolling here so we can get an hour if we need it. You have anything after two thirty, like a, a hard cutoff?
0: um yes i do
1: okay i'll make sure we we come in under that then (laughs) sounds good all right let's get rolling here um so i know like on facebook it's t scott conway you're just good with scott conway though right yeah yeah okay cool all right the t just makes me more distinguished (laughs) awesome (laughs) All right, guys, welcome to the show again. I've got Scott Conway here. He's CEO and COO of LGG Homes and advisor at LGG Media. He's an expert in the dark arts of hiring virtual salespeople internationally. He's hired over 80 salespeople in the last three years, built a delegated sales process that has produced over seven figures in the last year, and also built out a setter team that has produced appointments of which 37% have been qualified from outbound Legion. He's also a podcast host of the podcast Phoenix and the Dragon, which covers science-based approaches to plant medicine. Scott, welcome to the show, brother. What's going on, Doug? Glad to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, we connected, what was it, about six months ago or so? You had yeah. some ideas for some solar gen because you're in the real estate gen game. And uh you you told me some pretty cool and interesting stories that I'm probably going to bring back up here in our conversation today. But first I want to talk about, you know, the way that you work right now. So you live in Medellin right now. Is that correct? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I've I've been living in Medellin coming up on two years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you can see the background, like I'm at a, I'm at a co-working space here that overlooks the whole city. And what's cool about Medellin is that it's in a Valley. So one side of the valley is is uh i'll call it like kind of like the the orange county of of columbia it's, okay it's really uh it's really nice and there's a lot of um there's a lot of celebrities here like in like latin american celebrities in the city and it's also the capital of capital of reggaeton um but yeah where where i'm at in the city it overlooks it's on the east side of the valley so it, it overlooks the, it overlooks the rest of the city it's pretty pretty spectacular
1: No, that is awesome. Um- so, I, I'm guessing you were born or raised around California because of the Orange, the Orange County reference.
0: No, no, I was actually I was born in Canada,
1: so north of oh, okay. the wall.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, other uh, other other CEA, um, and I, I'd grown up there until I lived in a city called Ottawa up until I was about 27. Okay. And then one, one winter I just woke up and I'm like, fuck this. Like, um, can I curse on this? Yeah,
1: uh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Cool. We encourage um, it.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Sweet.
0: Uh, Yeah. I woke up one day and I'm like, I'm not doing this again. And, and so I started looking at like, okay, like how would, uh, how, how much would it actually cost for me to move down here for, just for the winter? And, and so I came down for two months and I never left fell in love and, uh, just, can work remotely. Their team, most of our teams, actually in, in South Africa and and a uh, little bit here in Colombia as well, and then also in, in Canada. But everybody's fully remote.
1: Wow. So when you were working in Canada, was it more traditional type work? You know, an office job. Everybody showed up to the office every day. Like, what got you working remotely? Besides, you know, wanting to move to Medellin. Um. So my partner and I, we
0: had a co-working space um yeah we had a co-working space back in in Ottawa but um my partner was always always wanted to be full remote he didn't really see he didn't really see the value of like in-person office and and I've always been been a bit on the fence of that like I see the value in in both but uh prior to yeah prior to, to starting LGG I had I had mostly been in offices so mostly doing like kind of like telemarketing sales floor or or uh, at an office doing like fintech sales what have you also did a door-to-door as well
1: nice very nice so one of the stories you had told me about was and correct me if i'm wrong here but you visited a a country a town i don't remember it's been a while right and you're like hey this would be great to set up this like co-working space here and then also set up some type of call center is that, was, was that you or am I getting that wrong? Uh, no, that's not me. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> that's but, okay. I mean, could it, be Jose. It,
0: He's also down here. and in-
1: Right. In- you know, I, I know Jose's down there, Jose Sanchez, and then uh, Jose Lopez and his wife has set up uh, Sarah uh, Navarro has set up uh, Airbnbs down there. And um, man, there's some other guys that uh, work out at Medellin in our uh, Apex network. So that's such a. That's a cool concept. So I was looking at your social media, just kind of catching up on what you're doing. And you went into the mountains last week and did some hard shit. Y'all did an ice bath, some breath work, and and, and what is hape? Am I saying that right? <laughs> Tape. It's, <laughs> Tope. It's, uh, okay. Yeah.
0: It's the accent with the accent de go. Um, okay. it's uh, it's like the French, it's like the French word for for the accent, but um it's like a can that's a Canada. Canada reference okay Um, but so it's it's a snorting tobacco it's pretty hardcore like it's like it's not for the faint of heart and and uh, it's yeah it's very much like uh, meditative or or it's very uncomfortable at first like it's it uh, but then it's just very feels very grounding like you just feel very relaxed after the fact but it it, it, there's definitely a price to be paid as far as discomfort for oh, it, and, no. and, and and so that's uh, a funny story. The first time I actually I did it was also in in, in the mountains, and uh, yeah, it actually uh, sometimes if you do if you go a little bit overboard on the nicotine, you can throw up a little bit, and and so I I'd, I'd thrown up, and um, it wasn't it wasn't a good time, <laughs> but uh, it was it was uncomfortable, but it was it was rewarding for that reason. Okay. So
1: you're not selling this right now. I got to tell you, it sounds (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Okay. So is it something that goes along with the ice bath and the breath work? Can you, is it it something you do on your own? Cause I, I I know some like, you know, like students talk about doing like ayahuasca and stuff like that, you know? Um, so what is, you know, besides doing something uncomfortable that kind of, you know, expands your limits and everything. What, what are the benefits of snorting tobacco or doing hape? Um,
0: so this is a good question. I'm glad you brought up ayahuasca because i'm I'm trying to not bring it up unless i' am trying to not bring it up first. <laughs> yeah, <of laughs> just because I could talk about it forever. but um so it's it's very much like a lot of these medicines are are paired together. So when with Hape, this was one of the medicines that, a lot of the tribes here in, uh, in Colombia had, had done like in, in pre pre Columbus times. And what the tradition of it is that they would do the happe, they would do, um, they would have another, uh, tobacco based. So, um, medicine that they would eat. Um, and then there's also a, a coca leaf solution. That's, it's nothing like cocaine. Like it's completely, cocaine is kind of like the bastardized, uh, Commercialized version of it that's um, really just kind of like perverted this uh, this this plant um, mm-hmm. and and so there's the coca leaf one that you do as well and so what they would do these medicines is that they would in times of conflict with other tribes they would actually go and sit down in a circle do these medicines together so that they could express themselves clearly and express themselves with clear of mind clear clarity of mind. And so what the hape does is it gives you that clarity of mind. Now, some people as well um, will also experience visions um, with, with the hape, which I've I've definitely, it's, and it's, it's not a psychoactive, like there's not like the, the chemistry of it is it's not a psychoactive uh, plant or, or doesn't have any psychoactive chemistry. However, I've definitely, I've gone to like, I've, yeah, I've had some very intense, intense visions uh, with with pay as well that have been very profound and some of the most meaningful experiences in my life.
1: That's awesome, man. Um, and so would you say it's more of a, a focus or just you're a lot more present when you're, when you're partaking in this? A lot more present. Yeah, a lot more, fair. A lot I more get present. That.
0: Like it's like... It, a, like a meditation that you pay for with discomfort.
1: Okay. Very cool. So I'm guessing you get into this type of stuff and a lot more in your podcast.
0: I'm guessing <laughs> yeah. you have some
1: experts on that that come in and around that. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, everything from uh, uh yeah, seeing like visions of other planets to meeting Kobe Bryant in the afterlife, like it's uh a lot. And and there's a lot to unpack even even there. And and I uh-huh. know we're where the agenda of this podcast is talking about sales teams and, and growing profit, <laughs> creating profitable, creating profitable like revenue generating machines. Uh, so I know we're getting a little off off track here.
1: Uh, that's what makes and- it fun though. Nobody wants to get on a podcast <laughs> and be and, and get exactly what they thought that they were gonna get. You know, that's boring, you know. Fair little enough. did y'all know y'all got on the Building Great Sales Teams podcast today to talk about hopay. And learn how to pronounce it properly too. <laughs> <laughs> good. As okay. long as you're as long as you're game, Doug, I'm game. Oh, I'm I'm always game. Absolutely. Because I I do. I think it's boring to be one dimensional, especially in conversation, because you know, great conversations are multidimensional and you cover a a wide range of subjects. As long as I cover like five to ten minutes of sales or something that you know teaches you how to be a better leader, period, then I'm good. I've, I've, I've done my part. I've, I've been respectful of the title of the podcast, right? So you kind of enjoyed traveling abroad and uh, setting up your business along the way. Kind of walk us through the first time you realized this was possible. I know your partner was more about it, but when did you realize, okay, you know, was it the first time you traveled to Medellin and then you just stayed there? Was that when you realized, Hey, this is possible. I can do this. You know, I'm an army of one physically, but I can command, you know, now 80 salespeople remotely. Yeah. So it's,
0: um, it was probably, it was during the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was really, it was probably during the first six months of the pandemic when everything, I mean, Canada's and, and everything was locked down. Everything was shut down. Um, and, uh, and so as a result of that, it it was, it's there's a lot of restrictions and and so like we couldn't i i didn't I, i'd leave my leave my house until i would for probably i don't even know it's probably like six months um and so but at the same time like business didn't shut down like everything's keep keep needs to keep going um uh, I mean we have we have a team we have things that we need to 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 cover and so we just went i mean we were pretty close to being i would say we were probably about 80 percent remote um, pre pre pandemic. And then after the pandemic, we just made that last jump to, to a hundred percent. Um, and, uh, and so from that point, once winter, once winter of, uh, of 2020 started rolling around. I was like, okay, like this is, uh, um, I want to get out of here. I don't think I could do, I don't think I could do all the the restrictions and then also have to deal with winter. And as it's just, uh, where I'm from in Canada it goes down to about like minus twenty, minus thirty. You know, there will mm-hmm. snow like every other week. It'll snow maybe about five to ten inches, sometimes twenty. Uh, that was probably the record that that I've I've seen. And and so there's just no way, like there's just zero. Yeah, there's no way that I was I was willing to 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 do that uh, or or experience that. So I just decided, you know, let's uh, check out check out Columbia and and then. Uh, yeah, we were already at hundred percent remote at that point.
1: Gotcha. What are, it, it, if somebody wants to build out their remote team, right, they've they've done the um, physical stuff, most of their career, you know, manage sales teams, manage call centers, stuff like that. What what advice do you have for them in creating that remote team? Cause a lot of people are going to like the Philippines, right. And utilizing, uh, VAs or utilizing, uh, Filipino call centers and uh, becoming really successful at it, and so it may be the new way to leverage lead gen, right, mm-hmm. or remote lead gen at least. What are your recommendations in that in that respect?
0: So, it's uh, I could probably write a book on on that question.
1: <laughs> um, so,
0: the first thing that you want is you want you need to have some kind of software that actually tracks their their login times. So okay. for, for a dialer system, it's pretty straightforward. It's much easier because you can actually have, um, you can track when it is that they log in versus when it is that they lock out, log out. And, and most software, most dialer is whether it's a vanilla soft, uh, five, nine tends to be, is the more expensive one. Or if you, if you use Vici dialer, dialer, which is an open source, uh, and then you just, you just need to hire a few developers to put it put it together for you it's you can track those things you can track their actual you can for example one of the metrics that we look at is talk time so what is the actual time that they're spending uh that there's a conversation happening on the phone and that metric is 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 indicative of how how much are they actually persisting in the call? Like, do they just give up on the first uh, on the first no, or do they keep going after that? So well, it's also a measure of of the quality of the conversations that they're having. So how deeply are they building rapport? Um, how um, you know, how deeply are they building rapport? How much are they actually probing? Are they are they letting the prospect speak seventy percent of the time versus them listening thirty percent of the time? Uh, that would be the first piece is is having some software that can that can track those uh those, those metrics um the one that we use is is vici and we had some developers put it uh put our put it together uh for us um and then the other piece as well is really make sure that you have a strong interview process um strong hiring process because and also always always overpay um in the market don't i i, I kind of I, I would caution folks on say if, if they're excited about paying somebody four dollars an hour I mean that's great operationally efficiently but um, we're, we're paying our we're paying our reps and, and closer to the the uh, high high six to to, to low seven dollars an hour uh, range as because we want to deal with the best people we don't uh, we don't want to deal with uh, we we don't want to deal with kind of personality conflicts or, or any um, any issues that would would be prohibitive to one of our core values of excellence. Like we want we want to make sure that because we're offering sales as a service, we want to make sure that we're offering the best service. So if you're going into, for example, the Philippines, let's say, and, and you're you're paying that base salary on plus commission, you're going to get some very high quality talent. Um, in, in, that, uh, in that price range. And same thing with, within, within South Africa as, as well. Um, I would also really look into what labor markets that it is that would best support you. For example, I mean, if you're serving the Southern United States, you might wanna look at something like Latin America. We haven't had any success hiring there, um, but really on just understanding the strengths of each individual labor market. Philippines is great. It's probably been our second um, most successful. Uh, labor market, and a lot of the top, our top performers are out of the Philippines. And also, South Africa has been enormous for us. Um, Nigeria has been very hit or miss, but when they hit, they really hit. Um, and and South Africa, the the accent, um, because the minimum wage there is akin to any developing country. It, you'd be surprised. You might be surprised to know that. It's about uh, $250 to $300 US uh, per month. And um, and so if you're paying $1,000 as a base salary per month, not including commission, uh, you can get some very high quality uh, sales reps with a English sounding accent, which we can actually, we've measured it because we've had various expats in Turkey as well, that's a good market for us too, um, that are from uh, Canada or US. And the accent actually, we see twenty-six percent less hang-ups um, as a result of having a um, the the Afrikaner accent, as it's as it's uh, called in in South Africa. Which it has a, a hint of of British to it. It's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but um, very. Uh, so that would be the second piece of understanding what labor markets are are best suited for, uh, what it is that you're trying to trying to accomplish. Um, And, um, having, having the sandboxes in place to hold them accountable remotely, because I mean, having those KPIs for each individual role is super important in an office setting and in in person as well, but it's especially important in remote because if you don't, then you're just kind of run the risk of everybody doing their own thing. and, And we've definitely learned that the hard way.
1: Appreciate that. So what I'm hearing is, uh, understanding your labor markets, um, having a good recruiting and onboarding process and then uh, measuring that labor by the KPIs is going to be really important. And then accents. Yeah. Accents according to, you know, where you're working in the, the States, right? So Latin America makes a lot of sense for Southern US because, you know, like where I'm at, San Antonio, um, you know, it, it's it's weird for, you know, my the culture that I grew up in is Mexican, a Mexican culture, you know what I mean? And so the um we're used to to that accent or we're used to people coming up and visiting from Mexico or whatever the case is. So it's, you know, it's home to us, I guess you could say in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. You know, versus up north, you know, they get that Latin accent and they they can't hear the dialect in it or they can't hear the words come out properly or whatever the case is. But they probably get a lot more people coming from overseas, over the pond if you will. And so they're gonna be more tuned to those type of accents, right? That makes a lot of sense. And I can tell you right now that Charlie's Theron could sell me anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so if uh if your agents sound like her, we're in great shape, you know. But yeah. just to just to double down on what you're saying, you're you're hundred percent right. Too many business owners think, all right, I'm just gonna go in, I'm gonna get me a four dollar an hour VA, right? And uh the reason that I brought in VAs was not to save on labor, which you do save on labor, right? But it's the the attitude and the work ethic of the VAs, right? So, you know, my my team is anywhere from 270 to 350 per week, which is, you know, kind of the range you were talking about. And uh I haven't had one of them turn over. You know what I'm saying? And they're all incredibly good at their positions and they got the SOPs dialed in and you know we're we're more heavy on the social media side that our vAs kind of execute on uh, some executive assistant type stuff as well but again once i realized they were the ones then i i jacked up their salaries to make sure that i kept them you know what i'm saying and so uh i would i would definitely be in that medium range like you were talking about to where okay we're not you know we're not getting cutthroat deals here on people because they will turn over and they will find another position that pays them 50 cents more per hour, you know, but we're also spending enough to where we lock them in and, you know, we can create a culture and not necessarily have to keep turning over people. So I think that's, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and we also, we also give health and dental benefits to our teams as well. Mm -hmm. Like we'll, we'll, for example, we'll subsidize like, um, up to up to about 115 dollars per month uh, once they pass once they pass their probationary period so after three months we'll we'll give them we'll give them those those benefits and it means it's one of those things like hey it's it's cheap for us but incredibly meaningful for them which mm-hmm. is something that uh, I picked from Chris Voss's book of Never Split the Difference I've always trying to find those kinds of efficiencies if you will of mm-hmm. understanding like okay this is something that is especially because another one of our core values is meaningful relationships. And so we really, we really cultivate that with our team. Like we'll do a day, we'll do a weekly G code review. So we've actually given the okay. daily G code to our team. And and so each Monday we'll, we'll just do on our role play calls or our meeting, we'll just run through what everybody's grateful for. And it, it gives the opportunity to cultivate those really kind of strong bonds remotely, which, um, is 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 a lot of people's concern um, in in many executives that I've talked to of going fully remote of uh, what it is mm-hmm. that their their actual friction points are for for doing that and it's it's that sense of camaraderie and that that sense of a, a close knit kind of community but if you're if you're leading with vulner I'm a big proponent of, of leading with with vulnerability um, and and sharing those things sharing things that I'm going through difficult challenges that i've that i've gone through throughout my career and and by doing that it gives the team permission to to be vulnerable as well and so that's how it is that we've been able to um overcome that that uh and build a strong build a strong community with our team is is both by looking at those things that are 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 cheap cheap for us that are really meaningful for them mm-hmm. um and then also uh by cultivating that sense of vulnerability and, and gratitude as well across the team.
1: That's what, that was going to be one of my questions later on was how do you build that culture? You know, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you're, when you say subsidize the dental and vision benefits, you're just basically offsetting the cost for them to have it, right? Because the first thing I'm thinking in my head is how do you, you have to connect with a a uh company that is based in that country and then pay for the benefits that way or i'm guessing you're just you're just reimbursing them for those
0: yeah exactly so we'll uh we have an approval process where they have to they have to go source out a quote and then they'll bring it to uh they'll bring it to to uh, my hr manager and then my hr manager will will approve it and then we'll just add it into um we'll just add it into their 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 first, uh, wire payment of the month. So on the 14th,
1: I love that we're going to start executing on that right away. Cause that's a very easy way to, to, to add in benefits and then make those, those employees stickier too. And, and how are do, you, i oh, sorry. Go ahead. And interrupt. Um, how
0: are you actually, how are you actually paying your, your VAs and your contractors?
1: We're using, uh, the wise software. Okay. So that's how we're, so it converts it to, um, well, actually, one of them has a, a US, a, a dollar bank account, and then the other three, we use Wise to convert it. And I think, you know, on like a $270 payroll, it's like seven or eight bucks in fees, something like that. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's efficient. Um, yeah. So definitely check that one out. But we, we, we do the same thing uh, with G-Code. You know, every, uh, we have a weekly meeting, right? And it's more of a staff meeting than a sales meeting. And uh, the first, you know, one of our metrics that we cover is our G code, and then, um, you know, good news is another one where they have a chance to share, you know, what's going on in their lives, and you know, they share their kids, they share their pets, you know, um, their house. You know, big. You know, one of them just bought a house, which is pretty cool. Fuck yeah! And so, yeah, it's awesome. And you know, and that that was one of the things I had to get over fast. You know, in my head, I was like, oh, I'm outsourcing U.S. jobs, and I'm taking advantage of the labor force there, man, we have great relationships with them and and they're all making more money now than they ever have. And we're changing, changing their lives, you know, and they're changing ours because they're bringing a quality of work that is just hard to get in the U S you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's black and white, Believe me. Right. Um, there's cultural differences and dialect differences that are, you know, challenging to overcome, but if you do, they're completely worth it. And then if you incorporate their culture, into your business. I can get on my soapbox about this forever because <laughs> I wanted to make sure that, you know, I did everything I could for our labor force in the, the, the Philippines and making sure that I integrated them into our business. But those are huge for, for building cultures. Um, do you have challenges with dialect? I mean, I know you talked about the accents work better in certain areas, but um, how do you overcome, is there any like, continuing education that you're doing with your people to, to work on that dialect or do you um, have them kind of own it, own it?
0: Yeah, we, we have them more own it. So in, in the Philippines, it's yeah. In in the Philippines, it's really the only market that we've had a, had an issue with. I mean, in, in Nigeria um, what, what we've done is, is that we do, we do screen based on the, we do screen, based on accident in our interview process. For example, if it's, if it's too difficult to understand or um, if there's too many grammatical errors, then we won't, uh, we won't move forward in our, in our interview process. Um, and so if, as, if, as long as they've, they've passed that, that bar, um, then we generally don't have an issue, issue with it. And it generally improves with, with exposure and, and continued, uh, continued exposure.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Screen for it up front. And then you don't have the issue on the back end. Um, and then we, you know, you know, we have one, one person that has a very strong accent, but most of the stuff she does is administrative. She's our SOP person. She's a beast at that. You know what I'm saying? So she doesn't really deal with customers too much or uh, my relationships or anything. Um, eventually she could branch out into that, but she's so good at what she does within our systems that there's no reason for it. Right.
0: How do you have that structured, like that that role specifically for drawing out the SOPs? Like what, is, what does that entail?
1: So we use uh, 90.io, which is an EOS uh, platform type software. Mm-hmm. And so we have our hierarchy built out. And so I have my operations manager, which is US-based. And then uh, under her is uh, a couple of my other VAs. And uh, the one that we're talking about in particular, she does nothing but uh, payroll. And then she, she, she writes out the SOPs for every position and every responsibility in the company. That's all, that is all um, lined out in that software. So basically her responsibilities are there, which is like recruiting. Uh, she's like the the backup for recruiting. She's the lead for uh, payroll and then she does the metrics as well. So she posts the metrics in the sales chat every morning, right? So they get a jump start because of the time difference, right? And so um, she's got about six or seven different responsibilities. Each of those responsibilities have a written SOP, a video SOP, and then the, um, they're part of a, um, a flowchart, right? Mm-hmm. And so if the flowchart is payroll, then that flowchart is drawn out. So, you, so whoever is taking over that position or taking over that responsibility can learn it visually can learn it on video and then also written step by step.
0: And so that's, that's awesome. what we've
1: been doing. Yeah, it's it's taken about four months to put it all together. My operations manager has been leading the charge on that. But once we saw that uh, Kathy is her name. Kathy was a beast on the SOPs because she had been trained formally before, so she brought that experience in, and we just let her loose on that. Now we have one document with our whole operation system in one document, just different tabs on different SOPs and stuff. It's so cool. I'm like writing out on it. <laughs> oh
0: man, don't you? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to geek the fuck out on this video. <laughs> uh, so. That's super interesting because um, this is actually one of our initiatives for this quarter, what we've done, mm-hmm. what we, so the, one of our, we do an operation survey once a month, just a, kind of like a health check of see like what the team's pain points are and, and just kind of mm-hmm. assess like where, how it is getting some, some qualitative feedback of how it is that I'm doing as a manager and an integrator. And, um, and so finding things has been a consistent pain point over the, over Q3 and, and what we've done a really good job of is we've done a really good job of actually writing out the SOPs and creating the video SOPs, but the actual mm-hmm. value stream mapping is something that, um, like drawing out those flow charts is something that mm-hmm. we haven't done is, is what was our, our major uh, goal for for this quarter. So it's super interesting to hear that you've actually delegated that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I did the the sales flow one that I posted, I did that myself because obviously that's my baby, right? Um, yeah. But the, the recruiting, she's got a recruiting one that I'll shoot over to you um, that you can take advantage of um, that she put together completely herself, which was pretty cool. And so, being able to take a process like that and document it properly is is a huge asset in any company. So as soon as you find that person, man, you just grab them and latch onto them, right? So we covered. You know, dialect challenges, screen them out early. Um, turnover. Do you have turnover issues when you first started? Did you have a, an issue with turnover? And, and how do you prevent that moving forward besides what we've talked about, which is developing the culture and screening up front?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the main, the main uh, kind of tightrope, and, and any professional services company has this, this tightrope of, of volume versus quality. Of Of the product or the the service that they're they're delivering, like, okay, like do you want to just be a a volume service provider, or do you want to be a quality service provider? And so we've definitely veered, we've definitely gravitated just based on core values more towards being a quality service provider. And as a result of that, I, I took us, I mean, we started our call center division late 2020. So right before I actually moved to Columbia. So this was October of, of, of 2020. Like we just got tired of outsourcing it and and just like getting bullshit service and and just not like, I was like, if like, fuck outsourcing. I could do a better job than any of these companies that we've hired of managing this team and building
1: up this team. And um, I keep... I keep running into the same thing. Every time I try to outsource something, I'm like, you're not doing this good enough and I'm just going to fuck it up for a couple months and figure it out. And then I'll like what the way that we do it better. And it's not necessarily that I'm better. It's just that it's better for our company to do it internally is what I keep finding. Yeah, because especially if
0: if you're dealing with like a, a large, like a, a large company that's outsourcing, then you have to play in their sandbox and like, it's just super frustrating. Um, to it's like no, well it's like you don't you have a specific vision of what it is that you want to accomplish and what it is that your organization needs and and uh, generally those things come into I found for us to, as well it's come into conflict. So uh, with with the call center and, and the turnover or the yeah the 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 turnover, I mean it, it is a high industry just call centers in general, particularly sales call centers tend to have high high churn like you think it's like um yeah i I can't remember the the industry average off off the top of my head so i won't even i won't even spit it out but for us just to give an example the most relevant example would be um we had gone through a rapid expansion at the beginning of q2 and it it was too quick like our 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 growth was because we just Q1 was and still remains to be our, our best quarter ever like it like as far as uh, as, as far as revenue profit numbers um, and so carrying in that, that momentum what we had done is like okay let's keep this going as a result of that we grew too quickly like we staffed too quickly and, and to give you an idea we hired 24 people in Q2 to date we only have one of them Ooh. yeah yeah super painful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, as a result of that, our cost of training was through the roof. Like it was, I mean, we we're averaging training costs of about eight grand a month in Q2. Like it was just, it was, uh, it was atrocious because our training process was just too long. And these things go hand in hand, like cost of training. And then also, also churn. And so, uh, our turnover and, um, and so, well, we how to how we fix that is we just started being a lot more upfront about core values in our interviews, just and also simplifying our interview process to boiling it down to okay, what is like the five most important attributes of what makes up a great salesperson? And then we also brought in some some psychometric testing or multi-measured testing as it's also known, and uh, to actually bring some data in our hiring process. Uh, And with what those tests, what we've been able to do is, is in Q3, we, we went from a 4% hiring success rate to a 43% hiring success rate um, just by, because, yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not, I can't be the one doing the hiring, doing all the interviews. So uh, just by diagnosing and fixing the process um, and being a little more hands-on with it. Up front, we were able to to make those make those adjustments, and and we're we're aiming for to have a seventy one percent hiring success rate of keeping people on board for past three months to minimize our uh, and that'll in effect reduce our, our cost of training um, to to about a $1, uh, 1100 dollars per month.
1: That's massive. And that that was the next question I was going to have is what what is the um, the uh, qualifier for that metrics? But you said it's ninety days, pretty much. Yeah. So if I hire you know twenty people this month within ninety days, I'll retain seventy. The goal the goal is to retain seventy plus percent of them, which yeah. is a big deal. You know, when I first started out in door to door, my retention rate was like 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 you had said earlier, like four or five percent. You know what I'm saying? I would hire 60 people in a month, right? 60 people in a month, but my head count was 80 and it was still 80 the next month. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a hundred, like a 0% success rate. Right. So all I was doing was I understood that, you know, the average time that my sales rep lasted was maybe like six months. And so I understood the attrition rate was going to, I had have to stay ahead of it. Right. And so that was always tough. Whereas now, you know, I only have 25 people, but my success rate is like 90%. You know what I'm saying? We don't That's awesome. we it is to a degree, but it's like you said, it doesn't give me the volume I need, right? And so I put in all these hoops on the front end, I made the hiring very difficult. So that by the time they do come onto the company, they're they're good. You know what I mean? Family tragedy, you know, um, act of God would be the only things like stopping them from working with us moving forward. So um, we uh, we enjoyed that for a couple of months and then we realized, okay, we're never gonna scale if we don't loosen up on this. So kind of some of the, the, the testing you were talking about early on, all it's doing is creating, it gives you a lot of insight to who you're hiring, but it's also creating a hoop, right? And the more hoops you put in between the applicant and the position, the better applicant you're going to get because they're going to be willing to jump through all those hoops. Right. And then the testing results is where you get, okay, what position are they best suited for? What campaign, you know what I mean? Where can I put them that they're going to have the most success? Have you, and and we're totally nerdy now, right now, and I'm sure this is incredibly boring to to most people, but it's my show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we talked
0: about happy and ayahuasca earlier. So I think, yeah, yeah. So
1: let me ask you this have you um tested the people that have already been successful against the same the the same metrics and then compared your applicants to that to kind of like qualify them for those positions
0: yeah exactly exactly so there's the the testing that we use it's in the hexagon It's and it measures six things so it measures workplace intelligence which is Mm -hmm. um yeah, really. And it, that measures like a, a number of different intelligence factors like uh, qualitative or quantitative reasoning, for example, just logic, um, fluid intelligence, which is actually the number one indicator uh, for salespeople as far as intelligence goes. Like they need to have strong fluid intelligence. And if they don't, for example, there's in this last hiring class that, that I just had last week, there's somebody that was on the bottom rung as far as like what I would consider acceptable fluid intelligence. And lo and behold, he's, he's struggling with integrating the training. He's struggling with, with, with seeing the how it is that the training is is applied to real life, real life um, scenarios. And so Mm -hmm. that's one data point where we're still continuing to um, AB test and, and, and trial and trial and error. This, this, uh, the science of hiring, of using these kinds of testing, but that's an example of, now that's just cognition is, is broken out to. It also has processing speed and, uh, and 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 a couple others, but um, then there's, in, for salespeople, they need to be great at, em- they need to have high empathy, they need to have high collaboration, they need to have high presence, uh, which should be charisma. Uh, and then they also need to have, um, they also need to. Yeah, collaboration, uh, leadership is the the other one, and then there's also mm-hmm. dependability and and then execution. Which, as long as they're above average, they score above average on those. They're uh, they're they're good. Now, the vendor that we use that helps us with this is called Psychometrics.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's psycho with a, with a C and a K as opposed to C H and metrics okay. and X. Um, it's actually a, a really good friend of mine's. Also, really good friend uh, uh, in, in Canada referred me to them, um, and so in in uh, with sales, it's very important that they're they're high in those four things: so leadership, collaboration, empathy. And uh, we measured our to answer get back to your original question. So we we measured our managers who had all come up from the call center, and then we also measured all of our top performers. And that was the common denominator is is it was high fluid intelligence and then those four uh high four high scores and, and all those four other attributes.
1: And what is the testing platform that you guys are using for that? Uh psychometrics.com. Oh, psychometrics. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And uh but what about that concept, the hexa, hexa intelligence measuring? I think is what you said earlier, is like a hexagon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it measures those, those six things. So it measures cognition, execution, or I guess it's okay. seven. Yeah. So cognition, um, execution, um, dependability, empathy, collaboration, leadership, uh, and then presence.
1: And, and psych- psychometrics develop that. Yeah. Testing profile. Yeah. Very cool. So, you know, we use, uh, we take advantage of wise hire and we use DISC the disc profile we just use Wise hire kind of like a pass through because of their uh, stage system that they have so that works really well for us kind of a our way to jimmy rig it right mm-hmm. um but then i've also heard of uh see other one uh index or personality index that that testing and then there's um there's a few, there's a few others that i've been getting privy to to try out different ones and see what works for us but right now the disc profile seems pretty successful so far but i, w- I want to check out psychometrics for sure um one that i wanted to tell you about uh which is very similar to psychometrics is uh behavior sales have you have you heard of this yet it's, no are they like objective
0: management group
1: no what they do is um well okay the very like elementary form of what they do is if your candidate sends you a video talking about why they're a good fit for the position or telling you a story or, or anything to that aspect without testing, they can do a disc profile on that candidate, as long as they have, I think 45 seconds. So it's a minimum 45 second video. They can do a full disc profile that to me would be more honest than testing, right? Because you fill out a hundred question tests, eventually your eyes are crossing and you know what I mean? You're answering the same question, three different ways, <laughs> you know, just to do something different. Right. And so, um, we're actually going to be testing that out over the next couple of weeks, which is really cool. And then the other thing, uh, I've started using it for the podcast actually is, is fathom. And I've been like talking about this for the last few episodes now, because it's so freaking cool. So whenever we get off this episode, I'll send you a link and it will categorize the questions I had for you and I'll be in it'll timestamp them to where I click on that question and it'll give me the video and the transcript based on that section of our podcast. And so what's really cool is it, it, it logs all this for you and it gives you transcripts. So if you have a script that you have your guys follow, you can go to a recording and uh, if they're doing it virtual, if they're not doing it virtual, then you just go to the recording and it gives you the time at which they ask that question. And then, like, right now, it just popped up that I've been monologuing for 90 seconds now, so I need to move on and <laughs> let you talk some more. <laughs> it's really cool. Like, AI is is hitting a whole different level right now. And if That's you're taking advantage so cool. of these tools, it's it's pretty awesome. So... so- so let's talk about your your product that you offer, right? It's mainly it's mainly in the real estate game, and it's you know walk, walk me through it real quick because I'm gonna put you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So before I, before I do, uh, as I know that we're, we're coming up on time, but what's in really interesting about what you said, I, I want to highlight one of the one of the things that you highlighted about them creating a disc assessment within 45 seconds of that that video. The reason that's so interesting because I was reading a. Harvard Business Review on, on peak performance. And uh, what it is that one of the articles that they were talking about, one of the articles, excuse me, they were talking about the f- most important feedback loops for leadership is the feedback loops that you have with your team. So it's not necessary. so it would be more valuable. And I actually asked Psychometrics to develop this, this product feature of getting it so that they can actually, the team can actually measure me. And then they, when they we can actually, Measure our manager. You can actually have our direct reports manage their managers on those on on their assessments. So we can get real data on real leadership data. So we can understand okay, what are their strengths that we can then focus on and then build like and executive
1: training around. It's not biased either. You know what I mean? It's from your peers or it's from your uh, the people that work under you. So that's that's huge. I agree with that a hundred percent. I did the same thing with uh, with the uh, Integrator Visionary Test. Or the EOS system. Anyways, continue, sorry.
0: Yeah, no, no problem. Um, so to answer your question, on the on what it is that we're doing, we have a we have a number of different irons in the in the fire right now. Um, we just developed. I mean, we use so we have two lines of business. Uh, the one is is we work on performance for companies that are spending fifty to biggest clients spend six hundred thousand dollars a month on online ads. Um, and, and we also have a, a software that we're some of the leading attribution consultants in the world right now on. So what that means is we can track down to the penny what somebody's return on investment is. So for, with a given marketing channel. So say, for example, take Build Your Machine uh, from, from Apex. We could look at exactly what it is that your revenue is from Build Your Machine. With, uh, with with our with our software, uh, we also just developed some uh, reputation management software with AI that automatically responds to negative reviews or and positive reviews as well. Uh, but it dynamically it'll it'll create uh, it'll create responses. Say for example, if you get a negative review on Google, it'll draft a response that can uh, yeah, it'll draft a response that can actually. Uh, Sounds like it's coming from a person, <laughs> right? Uh, so to speak, um, and um, we're looking on. Yeah, we're looking on bringing on a few different, uh, few, few different businesses in our uh, portfolio, so to speak, that we can offer additional services to uh, those higher end, um, higher end uh, marketing clients that that we have in our in our book of business. Um, and now the second uh, book of book of business line of business is we have uh we have a call center for realtors so for example we we uh, we work directly we would um, we have a number of different lead sources that we use to um, source uh home homeowners that are considering selling and then from there we have our team qualify them on exactly why is it that they're considering selling what is their time frame for for selling their home and also we have a number of different in our training what what makes us unique is that we've really boiled down like what are the bullshit responses that people say to get them off the phone mm-hmm. that make it a not real lead and so we've trained our team on flagging those responses so we make sure that we don't send them to customers and with um with that service we we also work on on performance of the leads that we send our uh the, the leads that we send our customers Um, so, I mean, we're working now, uh, we're working now in, I don't even know how many states, um, the, I mean, we have clients in, in Miami, really big in New York city. We have a lot of customers in New New York city. I mean, New York city is pretty much full, um, except for Staten Island for whatever reason. (laughs) That's the only one that we we're not, we're not, we're not covered in yet. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have clients in, uh, in Austin, um, a lot in California, um, Phoenix, um, a lot in Seattle as well, Chicago, a lot in Toronto and the Greater Toronto area, and then uh, prairies in Canada. So Alberta, uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatchewan, and then also a lot in Vancouver as well.
1: Very cool. And so as a as a client, I'm a realtor, I want listings, right? Um, Are you sending me 10 leads, just basic info, and then I'm calling on them, I'm showing up to their house, are these preset appointments, kind of how are y'all packaging that for the end user? Yeah, absolutely. So for the most part, they are uh, their appointments.
0: So the listing appointments, Um, we don't always get the listing appointment, because for whatever reason, they might not be comfortable um, letting uh, letting the realtor into their home just yet. And so in which case, we'll book a callback in those instances. But it's always a the next step is always if it's a listing appointment, we try to give the realtor a little more notice, so we'll we won't we'll give it seventy two hours notice prior to booking. But if it's a callback, then we'll always make the callback within forty eight hours, because the main metrics that we look at are: is number one, the feedback that we get from clients is what is our qualified lead rate, and then also what is our uh, what's the actual contact rate? Like what is the percentage of? Um, Connections that the realtor will make as far as the next step that we set with our cust- with the, uh, the consumer, and uh, and so by having that clear, immediate, usually agreed upon next step, it, it dramatically increases our our show up rates or, or the amount of opportunities that actually convert into something qualified uh, with a uh, with a realtor.
1: Awesome. So <clears throat> I had a few more questions for you, but I want to respect your time here. And uh, I'll ask the most important one. Um, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy are you going to leave?
0: Oh, man, give me chills with that question. Uh, biggest thing is to always just impact as many people positively in my, in my day-to-day as currently my current capacity as possible, but long-term for me is to do is to be in the renewable space. Um, to be in a renewable space in a big, in a big and meaningful way, and then eventually contribute um, to space colonization, and and have that, and ultimately meet pass the funeral test of of um, the funeral test, not in like an ego kind of way, just knowing that um, like how many people show up your funeral, I think is a a really good validation test to see how yeah to quantify like the impact that you had on on people
1: i couldn't agree more it's it's a real thing and it's not ego it's not vain it's it's understanding that that's the real metric you know against it right um so for for the most part i've I've heard similar answers except for the space colonization that's out of nowhere (laughs) but it's not at the same time because you had that vision about different planets and stuff like that, right? So that's that's obviously on the top of your mind. It's something that has been that thought has been put in there. So that's yeah. pretty cool. What is what does that look like? I'm just curious. Yeah, hey, I could geek out on
0: space like
1: all day, but it's you got like, it's you just get two deep. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's uh, so there's this really interesting concept called the Kardashev scale, which measures the uh, the energy output of a of a civilization, whether it's humans or whatever um a so matrix Carter- what
1: like the matrix i don't know the reference the, the the energy output right the machines take over and they use humans they harvest humans for their their energy
0: ah uh, okay yeah yeah okay got yeah yeah 100% sorry <laughs> that, that just went over my head um <laughs> go ahead uh, yeah no problem so uh, like for example, per- using one hundred percent of the the Earth's energy output would be making sure that we're capturing all the energy uh, that the Earth gets from the sun, like maximizing like tidal energy, all of these things. That's like a really a prerequisite because uh, Car- cartridge of two would be using everything of the solar system, and so I, I just view that as a logical next step for humanity, and it's a it's a it's a frontier and and completely unexplored and. If I could die happy, like on my bucket list would be to see another, whether I have to go through cryo or whatever to see like avatar, like Pandora, whatever that the nearest planet with, with complex biology and complex life on it. Like that's definitely a, a bucket list goal of mine to, to see that biology and experience that and, and just, yeah, just show up and build some solar facilities with Doug Mitchell if he's into it.
1: <laughs> no that sounds great man
0: sell a, some solar to aliens
1: that's an awesome answer brother well i appreciate you coming <laughs> on the show um i'll include all your links and everything in the show notes and uh, just shoot me anything you have that you want me to include in there of course and uh, i've also taken notes on the different systems you're using psychometrics as well as never split the difference with chris Boz. we'll include those links as well and uh thank you so much for coming on the show it's been interesting very interesting to say the least um, a lot of different concepts we've talked about but uh some of the most important ones is how to handle a remote business like you're operating right now call center conversion hiring good candidates Hape did i say that right
0: yeah
1: <laughs> hop a and uh ice breathwork, breath work all that good stuff man i appreciate you bringing the value to the show
0: Absolutely, Doug. It was a pleasure. Honor to be here. Thanks for having me. All
1: right, let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.